Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 12.35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you, along with Brendan Escott. And this is Oilers Now. As we are joined by our headliner for today's show, that's Elliot Friedman. Our headliner is for touchback safety. Touchback remains open for training, taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. Elliot, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. How are you doing today? Oh, you know, we uh, we got pushed back by about 10 minutes because the premier was on, and we might lose the uh, final 20 or so minutes of our show today because the uh, provincial health minister, who's been in the news quite a bit, is going to be on as well. So, uh, you know, these are these are interesting times, and everybody's being asked to do I things a little. I can't believe your audience would want to hear from those guys over you. Well, we did have Wayne Gretzky and, and, and Alex Ovechkin on the show on Monday, and my guess is my audience would prefer, our audience for Oilers now, would probably prefer hearing from the likes of Wayne and Alex uh, than maybe, you know, the occasional politician once. I will tell you this, Dr. Dina Hinshaw in Alberta has become a bit of a, a rock star. She's been uh, very, uh, really under control when she delivers the message. And I, I think that when I have people that are far left and people that are hard right, both liking her, you know, sort of her approach, I think that says a lot. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because we know what you feel about politicians. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan, I have to say. Well, but we, she's a doctor, not a politician, right? Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, as opposed to the guy that runs the world, you know, is the head of the World Health Organization, who's, who's not actually a doctor. Oh, he, come on. Like, what are you doing? Let's talk about hockey. Come on. Let's. Like, all right. Let's here we go. Well, hey, you opened it up, man. All right. So on that note, uh, a lot of discussion over the last 48 hours. Ron McLean had an availability of Gary Bettman, a guy you know in the business. Frank Cervelli had an extensive piece on potential site locations. Uh, you hinted to that a, a day and a half earlier. ESPN, Greg Wyshynski, Emily Kaplan uh, discussed it as well. You know, are we talking potential divisional playdown scenarios? So give me your perspective on where we are at right here, right now at 2.37 Eastern, 12.37 mountain time on a Friday? Well, I, I think what's going on, um, Bob, is that, you know, the league is starting to look at, okay, if we can play. And, you know, and people always say, well, they shouldn't be doing this because we're not going to be able to play and the odds are against it. And that may be true. But you can't fault them for, you know, at least trying to think about what are our alternative plans if we do get the opportunity. And this isn't anytime soon, and nobody's going to be violating any health orders or anything like that. If they're given permission to look, they'll look. They'll look, and they're looking at a bunch of different op- options about where they can go to play from centralized locations if they get the opportunity. Now, um, 
I think that the, right now they're still everybody's still supposed to be quarantining, right? And yep. the next phase, if we get there, is can the teams open their training facilities to the point where players can start working out or skating in small groups? That's I mean we still have to get to that point before we're even talking about playing. And, you know, there was a report yesterday that some teams had said they were hoping it to happen May 15th. And I've heard other teams say they're hoping around May 20th. And another team tell me yesterday that they're more thinking that it could be early June. Yeah. But so we have to get there. We have to get to that point before we can even talk about playing. So can we get to a point where we open up these practice facilities or training facilities so teams can skate and work out. And then if we get to that, from there, they're going to start saying, okay, can we have a training camp? Now, um, you know, I think that the question would be how long do the players need? You've heard the commissioners say they're looking at three, four weeks. I wonder if it becomes like a training camp in your own location and then you're flown to one of these hubs and you kind of practice there for a while and play a couple of exhibition games, and then we try to see if we can play in July. And right now, the plan, as I understand it, Bob, is that you try to finish out the rest of the season with triple headers in these hubs, and then you then you start playoffs. So, you know, that's, I think, what they're kind of hoping for. Nobody knows if it's going to be possible. But ideally, I think that's what they'd like to try. Yeah. Um, well, a lot's got to happen. One of the things that's probably going to have to happen here, Elliot, is we're going to need at least a quick response COVID-19 test. One that you oh, can get a response. No, there's no question about that. That's, right. that's going to be essential. Right. And so I guess they got a couple months to come up with something like that. Uh, obviously, Edmonton... And not, look, there's a confluence of events that's put Edmonton in the position that it is in terms of COVID. And, uh, you know, uh, there's been 35,000 tests done in the city of Edmonton. There's under 100 active tests. Uh, It's basically been a flat line for the last week and a half uh, in the city here. You know, we're talking anywhere from, say, five to 10 sort of positive tests a day on 600 to a thousand tests that are being done. Edmonton's got the right combination, Elliot, doesn't it? When it comes to yeah, Bill- there's no question, Bob, that Edmonton is on the radar. No yeah. question about it. I, I think there's a bunch of cities that are on the radar. I think Edmonton's on the radar. I think Minnesota's on the radar. I think Dallas is on the radar. I think Columbus is on the radar. I think Pittsburgh is on the radar. I heard mentioned Raleigh earlier this week. The, the the COVID shutdown is preventing their practice facility from being done. That's probably going to take Raleigh out of the picture. Toronto? Um, yeah, I think Toronto's on the radar. The only issues I heard about, like Toronto for me, made total sense. The, the only issues that I heard about Toronto, and I mentioned this on a radio hit in our city this morning, is that, you know, Toronto's so dense down by the arena that, you know, can you really quarantine everyone? And that was one of the questions I heard that was being asked. Um, You know, I I think the other thing is Toronto's practice facility isn't close to the rink downtown, right? Well, it's it's not far. 
Um, but it's, you know, you can practice. It's a short drive. Um, it's not attached to the rink. So I think that was one of the questions. I know that there was some hope that maybe Buffalo could do it, and the setup there is very good. But I think the league is rightfully concerned with the optics of putting anything in New York State. So now, now, I, I, Elliot, I, think you're, I think those are the cities you're kind of looking at. Just when it comes to New York State, uh, because obviously the population density of New York New York State's got over 15,000 deaths. To put things yeah. in perspective... You know, Alberta's at 68 deaths, right? And 4.3 well, million people. Well, of course. I mean, like, this, it's not a comparison. Like, right. But, but the one thing that needs to be stated is what is it like in places like Amherst and in Buffalo? My guess is considerably lower than New York City, where the greater population density has occurred. So, And also, if you, and you've been to, you know, downtown Buffalo. The far too often. On the rink around there, it's... It's very easy and very convenient, but I do know, and, and, you know, optics are a huge part of this. You know, Bob, when, you know, we were talking about this stuff earlier in the week, I had a couple of players reach out to me, and they said, you know, they were uncomfortable with the idea of um, a bunch of tests going to players if the public needed them too. And so all of this is going to have to be dealt with. Right. So what has to happen is we have to be decreasing the amount of tests because we got a greater handle of where we're at with COVID and then have a different type of tests that gives you a faster response. That ha- and there are companies in North America right now, by the way, that are working on those sort of testing uh, procedures. Elliot Friedman uh, joins us right now uh, from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Elliot, how much of a pushback was there on the suggestion that maybe we could have a draft before the players return if indeed the players do end up playing? I think there is a lot of pushback, but I think the problem is that some pretty key votes are in support of it. Um, if you were and you play, you know if you heard the commissioner with uh, with Ron, um, he called it a trial balloon. Um, you know, I think there's like, I think Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner, is a big supporter of it. I suspect there's some other people in the NHL head office that are a big supporter of it. And even general managers that I've spoken to hate the idea. They know that if the commissioner supports it, it could very well happen. Like, did you see anything that happened last night, Bob, in the NFL draft? I watched would, the entire would, draft. Would, what's that? I watched the entire draft. Yeah, did you see anything that happened last night that would scare the NHL away from doing it? No. No, not a chance. And, um, you know, I've had a couple of teams tell me they're hearing that uh, June 5th, which is the first Friday, and June 6th, the first Saturday in June, could be possibilities. Um, So some teams, even though it's not done, there's some teams out there that have kind of told their staffs to be ready for it. All right, so... How in the heck do they handle, you know, picks that are tied to team performance or player individual performance if we don't have, as of June 5th, which we wouldn't, a conclusion to the regular season or the playoffs? Well, I think that there's a couple of things there. Um, You know, there's some situations to me are pretty easy. You can just defer them. And I'll give you three examples. Go for it. Um, You know, first of all, the Islanders owe Ottawa a third-round pick from the Pajot deal if they win the Cup. You can send that to next year. One of the Washington picks that they traded to San Jose for Brendan Dillon 
was a 2021 pick, and it moved to this year if the Capitals won the Cup. You can delay that for a year. Um, you know, the Canucks owe the Kings a fourth-rounder if they re-sign Tyler Toffoli. Assuming Tyler Toffoli is not uh, signed before the draft, you can defer it to next year. The, the two that really stand out um, are both involved New Jersey. Um, they get Arizona's first-rounder from the Taylor Hall deal if he's not signed in the top th- – if it's a not in the top three. Um, I think there's a chance that Arizona won't be able to move up that high. So they'd have to give up that pick this year. You could still do that. Um, the other one is Vancouver. Vancouver owes them. Uh, they owe uh, New Jersey through the Blake Coleman deal and the JT Miller deal a first rounder either this year or next. And you could say to the two teams, okay, do you agree on what could happen? If not, we move the choice for another year. Like you can do all that stuff. Um, there are ways around it. I-, I think, you know, I wrote kind of a blog last night that. I think the bigger question becomes how many teams are eligible to win the lottery. Yeah. I could see a situation where only five teams are allowed to win it. And those sure. teams are Detroit, Ottawa with their pick and the San Jose pick, L.A. and Anaheim. And the one thing I'm curious about is the next two teams are in the standings, the league standings are Buffalo and New Jersey. And if they're still thinking about 24 teams in the playoffs, those two teams could, in theory, if you play a regular season, catch Montreal. So I don't know if you make them eligible. Like those five teams that I just mentioned, they're not making the playoffs uh, in a 24-team league. So you could do it, Bob, where you say, okay, the most anybody can move up is four spots if you want to. And I think that is under consideration. All right, so tell me this. Why would there be a push from the NHL to do uh, to doing this on June 5th? And not wait until there's a resolution. I think there's a couple of reasons. Number one um, is that they don't want to rush a draft in a shortened offseason. You know, for example, if we do play and then there's a quick turnaround from next year, I don't think they want to rush that in. That's one reason. Uh, Number two, I believe the – I don't know if it's happened since we've been on the call – but I've, I've heard the NFL ratings are going to come out, and yep. I've heard they're enormous. So there's another reason. Um, it keeps the NHL in the, in the spotlight for, for when a time when no games are going to be played. That's not a small thing. And the third reason, and I suspect this has a bigger part of this than a lot of people would want to let on, is that NHL contracts end yes. on June the 30th. And, you know, I've heard there's one team out there that has 18 executives, including scouts, who are up at the end of this year. There may be other teams that only have one or two people signed for next year. I can't imagine that this somehow isn't a factor. Brad Trailaving and Elliot has just done an availability in Calgary. He's talked uh, in this availability. Pat Steinberg has tweeted this out about the potential of uh, Swedish players. Right now, there's no agreement in place. Well, there I, are... I believe I believe Bob that the IIHF agreement and the CHL agreement will be extended for one year, in okay. both cases. Okay. Now, I had reported. Uh, earlier that they were close to doing a new double IHF agreement and they were but I understand that one is not being done 
and they will extend the current agreements for one year, both double IHF and CHL. Yeah, well, Calgary won't be the only player signing somebody out of Sweden. I can guarantee you that. Uh, well, that's right. Chris Johnson reported Rasmus Sandin's older brother is going to go to Philly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, does this become the, the extension of a year? Does this become modus operandi for how to do business, given that we've never dealt with something like this before? Could it be a short-term solution for regional television deals that theoretically could be up, Elliot? Maybe, hey, you know what? Let's just extend it for a year, get everything back to kind of normal, and then go from there. Uh, same with, you know, perhaps teams' deals with uh, prospective major corporate partners. You know, we're talking... I think I think everything's going to be on the table. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I know one of the things that, you know, the commissioner talked about with Ron is that... You know, we have a, we have a separate payment for the playoffs, right? Yep. What happens if there's no playoffs? Uh huh. <laughs> so all of this is like all of these things are going to be discussed and are on the table. I have no doubt, even though they keep trying to downplay it, that the league and the players are talking about a new CBA. Did you find Brendan Gallagher's comments yesterday interesting? Yeah, you know what? That, you know, first of all, I, I think the players understand. I think, like, I understand, like, you know, like, it's like him, it's like Drew Doughty. Like, if you don't think your team has any chance to play in the playoffs, uh-huh. you'll not play it. Uh-huh. I get that. Yeah. But, but, Bob, like, the economic damage as it is, these guys are going to understand that, you know, they're, they're going to have to play. If it makes economic sense to play, you know, and they're clear to do it. Like, it's not dangerous, obviously. They're going to have to play. Um, you know, I understand why some guys might get frustrated, but they're going to have to play if the if they're told that you need to do it for the sake of the league. Um, you know, these players, they're going to get hammered. Like, look, nobody's getting out of this unscathed. Not you, not me, not anyone listening to this, nobody. It's already happened, and, Absolutely. And... You know, but if you have the opportunity to help your industry, you're going to do it as a business person. So I have a sense that what that that I have a sense and I got this, that some players were frustrated by the reports that came out this week because they felt that they came out media wise before they knew them directly. And that and the players do have to sign off on whatever happens. Right. They have to agree. You can't just say, okay, we're going to do this. The players have to agree. So I kind of have wondered if that was some of the players saying, you know what, like, don't forget our role in all of this. All right. Uh, you, you, you hit on something. Just back to Dowdy for a second. We'll wrap up with this. You talked about teams that were potentially out of it. Yep. And then you said, you know, maybe 24 teams in the playoffs. So are you thinking what we might have is four divisional playdowns with six teams each? Is that, is that well, kind of what well, you're... I, I still do think, Bob, that the plan, if they can do it, is for everybody to get to 82. Okay. Or whatever you need to do, right? Yep. Um, I think the, the plan is to get everyone to 82. Okay. Um, great great stuff. I, 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 I don't know how the playoffs would work yet. If it would be 16, it would be 24, you know, whatever. I, I don't know the answer to that right now. Elliot, as always, we appreciate your time. Stay safe. You too, Bob. Have a great weekend. 
You bet. It's 12.54 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Elliot is our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Touchback Safety, which remains open for training and is taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. Uh, we'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Thanks, James. It is 12.56 in Edmonton into our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, this one comes in out of Edmonton. Bob, there's actually a company in Edmonton that has gotten the exact test you're suggesting, a rapid uh, test for COVID that you're talking about. They're waiting on approval from Canada. They have approval in Europe and the United States and uh, should have it here by next week. Rush time is two hours. Regular is six. Now, former defenseman Mark says they have a rapid response COVID-19 specific test already available. This is a different texter, uh, former D-man Mark. It's being used in China and the United States, but it's not been approved by Health Canada. It gives you a minimum 95% accuracy result within five minutes. Uh, gotta love Canada, always the, the last to the party. Uh, Brendan, I didn't hear this next comment from this text. I don't know if somebody could verify this. Didn't Hinshaw say no groups larger than 15 in one spot until September 22? I don't see how the rest of the season is possible, says Gary the texter, unless they're exempt from the rules that everybody else has to follow. Yeah. yeah. Until September 22, uh, to me, I'd be surprised if that's what was said. But somebody can perhaps clarify. I could even go back and check the minutes. You know what I'll do is I'll call somebody during the break here at 1 o'clock to, to get uh, some clarity on that because that would surprise me, especially in light of what Scott Moe in the province of Saskatchewan has done where they're, you know, they've got, they've laid out their first step, first two steps until sort of getting things back and, Edmonton's got some similar numbers to the province of Saskatchewan. Unfortunately, the province of Alberta does not because of some outbreaks down in southern Alberta. Off to uh, Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, uh, Mark Spector and myself will have a conversation on the greatest team in Oilers history. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.